testimony from one of our students, um, Kate Holder. Kate is a senior at Amarillo High School. Her parents are Witt and Samantha Holder, and wanted to share just what God's been doing in her life and uh, just how she's been growing in the Lord. So excited to have Kate share with us. Good morning. Before we get carried away, I'd like to start us off with a little scripture that has touched my heart recently. Romans 8, verse 5 reads, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. I don't know about y'all, but I think that the will of our flesh can be a pretty powerful thing. Until recently, however, I've never really had to make any big decisions that were outside of the will of my flesh, but I've found that making decisions for the Spirit isn't always as easy as it sounds. I grew up in a loving home with a wonderful Christian environment. All that I really had to worry about were petty chores, cute boys, and getting homework turned in on time. And until this summer, I had a phenomenal group of friends, at least enough dependable friendships to count on both hands. Slowly, as this summer went on, I was forced to lose some of these friendships to drugs, alcohol, and other things of the flesh. It's not an easy thing to do, to give up the fun and comfort of this world to live a life in Christ, And it would have sent my world tumbling off its axis had I not been given opportunities, by the grace of God, to grow in the Spirit before my will was tested. Thanks to opportunities for growth that I have experienced over the past years, such as a medical mission trip to Honduras, I was able to view my temptations with an enlightened perspective. What a first-world problem it is to view peer pressure as life's greatest obstacle, and what a pleasure it is to give up worldly treasures in the name of the Lord. Psalms 119, verse 111 reads, Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. When your joy is found in God's will for your life, the power that your flesh and that this world has over you becomes almost obsolete. As several of my friendships decayed because I chose the narrow path, a path that abstained from worldly pleasures, my heart overflowed with the assured purpose that following God's will gave me. On the narrow path, I found purpose and a reaffirmed goal. I believe that I have been called by Christ into the medical field to be an ambassador for his kingdom. Indulging in many high school pursuits could have hindered this goal. So, whenever faced with a temptation, I would simply step back and ask myself how this would aid in God's plan for my life. If the answer was, it wouldn't, then I simply abstained. In turning these decisions over to Christ, I found true fulfillment. As Christians, I believe that we often overlook how truly unbelievable it is that the creator of the universe, the maker of the stars, sat down and planned a life for each of us. What a pleasure it is to serve a God who is that big. However, if it wasn't for First Presbyterian and for my upbringing, I don't think that I would have a chance at beginning to understand the true capacity of our God. One of the ministries here at First Pres that has opened my eyes to the greatness of our Lord is the mentoring program that trickles down to A&O students. If you've never been involved in this program or in a mentor-mentee relationship, I would greatly encourage each of you to do so, as it has made a very powerful impact in my life. Two years ago, during my sophomore year of high school, I was asked to lead a small group of sixth grade girls. My initial reaction to this was, really? Me? I can hardly pay attention during my own small group, so I don't know that asking me to lead one is such a good idea. But eventually, I agreed to giving it a try. The whole week leading up to our first session, I felt like I was treading water. 
I just kept thinking that if these girls were half as awkward as I was in middle school, it was going to make for a long night. To my surprise, these girls were not awkward. They were giggly and inquisitive and very eager to learn. They challenged me as a leader and as a Christian. Their thoughts and opinions forced me to think from different perspectives, and their questions required me to devote more time to studying scripture. That was two years ago, and I am so proud to say that each Wednesday night I still meet with these young women. They never cease to amaze me or to make me laugh. Being a mentor to them has encouraged my walk in the Spirit because I don't think that I could bear their disappointment if I faltered due to my own flesh. This being said, I truly believe that the quickest way, the easiest way, to step out of your own flesh is, de- is by devoting your time to others. Through service, we innately set our minds on the Spirit. As Romans 12 verse 11 says, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. So, I'd like to thank you all for giving me such great opportunities for growth through service. First Presbyterian Church has changed my life through its internal and external service opportunities, and I challenge each and every one of you this week to grow as a result of service so that you may serve someone fully and know what that means. I challenge you to give up a little bit of time, a little bit of talent, to God's kingdom. For those who live according to the flesh— according to their own desires, their own agendas, will limit their hearts to loving only the things of the flesh. But those of you who will step up to this challenge and walk the narrow path of the Spirit, a path of humble service, will be open to the will of the Spirit and will grow in reverence for our Lord God everlasting. I pray that each of you will walk in the Spirit and bear a heart of service this week. Thank you. Our New Testament reading is Matthew seven sixteen through 20. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as this fell in the calendar, every time this year we end up in a series where we're looking at our um, four core parts of our service at First Pres, worship, serve, grow, connect. And Howard said, remember, it's you Sunday and it's also grow, so if you can just mention the word grow once or twice... That would be great. And uh, so grow, grow, grow. Um, no, that, it does fit very well with um, where I was um, led to, um, what I was led to share and uh, where the scripture guides us. When Jesus is talking to the um, people that are listening, these are agricultural people. When he's talking to them about, you know, does a, uh, the, the kind of tree producing good fruit and, you know, does a thistle and, and what produces what... They know what he's talking about. They live this life. It'd be almost like for me to go to the cattle auction and to go and share with these cattle ranchers and, um, and, and brilliant people when it comes to agriculture and raising beef and for me to try to explain to them how to grow or how to produce better cattle. And they look at you and say, what are you? I say, I'm a pastor. You're like, okay, we won't listen to you too much. But here's Jesus giving them examples or an analogy 
of what it is to have growth, what it is to have growth um, within our spirit. But not just our spirit, but also what he's speaking of, of looking at false prophets. Some of the people that were, um, were there trying to um, act like they had it all together, act like they had all the answers, the Pharisees and other groups like that in the day. And for us, as we look at this over 2,000 years later, for us, it's really um, not avoiding necessarily false prophets, although that's a part of it, but for us as followers of Christ, how to, um, to, to nurture our lives, or as followers of Christ, how do we grow? One of the great experiences that I had when, um, with my family, I don't know a great experience, but a neat thing that we did every fall, and it was kind of one of those signals of the seasons when I lived up in New England, up in Connecticut. Um, the first year that we were there in the fall, people said, you have to go apple picking. And we're like, okay, what's that look like? And there were these um, orchards that were not too far from our home, about 30, 45 minutes away, and we would drive up there, and you would buy a bag, um, and then you would get to ride this tractor up on a hill, and all of these um, apple trees were in this orchard. It was a lot of fun to go and pick the, the apples. Um, they had different, um, different varieties, different types. And um, it, was, it was always a great deal of fun with these apple trees. And, um, and I never asked an apple tree, but I should have, how do you get apples? And an apple tree doesn't talk, so it's kind of a silly analogy. But, but I, I know enough to know how you get apples from an apple tree. The first important thing you have to begin with is an apple tree. You're not getting apples from a peach tree, you know, an orange tree or anything like that. You've got to start with an apple tree. But that's not all you need. You need to plant it. You need to plant it in good soil that has all the nutrients and no rocks that are going to, you know, bind up the the roots. So it's a good soil. It's going to need water. It's going to need regular rain. It's going to, you know, drink that in through its leaves, through the roots and everything as the soil, you know, gets gets um, tilled up. It's going to need sunlight sunlight on those leaves and it just you know does all that amazing photosynthesis and other processes on the inside and every once in a while the farmer will throw some fertilizer on its uh, roots or on its leaves to help it to grow even bigger and stronger and then it needs to keep away from bugs bugs are a problem they can come in and eat away at the apple tree and keep it from happening And, and the reality is that you know an apple tree can't think but if he could he would just realize that, you know, I get all these great things. I get sunlight, I get water, I get soil, no bugs, and fruit just comes. Just one day, all these little things start popping off my fingers, and they're apples. And, you know, if you'd ask the apple tree, he'd say, I think, if he could talk, he'd say, you know, I get this stuff and fruit happens. It just is a byproduct of these good things. And for us as followers of Christ, we're a lot like that apple tree. Although we can talk and uh, we can't ask each other questions. But it starts with not an apple tree, but a follower of Christ. Someone who has said yes to Jesus Christ. Someone who has admitted they're a sinner in need of God's grace, renouncing evil and following Christ. And praise God, this summer I've heard several testimonies of, uh, of people, children and youth, accepting Christ, saying yes to him for the first time. Some of them happened at summer camps like Canacuck or um, Hidden Falls or other places. Some of them happened at our own VBS. And then we heard um, Adriana talk about that her um, brother saying yes to Christ at Kids Across America. So we see where that not, always, not necessarily um, our direct interaction, but the missions, the ministries that we support of people coming to Christ. So we start with a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. Then what else is needed? 
One of those things, one of the important parts of growth, a personal devotion time. Time spent with you and God. Time spent in prayer, time spent in reading the Bible, maybe journaling other disciplines where it's just you and God spending one-on-one time. I've often asked uh, students and all sorts of people, how good of a relationship would you have with your best friend if you only talked to him at Christmas and Easter? Probably not very good. And yet, how do we sometimes, some people think that they can have a good relationship with God, with our Lord and Savior, by just talking to him, maybe just on Sundays or whenever things are tough. That's part of that personal devotion. So we need that as part of our, um, our, our input as trees that are growing, as followers of Christ who are seeking to grow. What else do we need? We need worship. Worship. You guys being here on Sunday morning is a great testimony that you believe that worship is an important thing. But this isn't just it. Not just on Sunday mornings for an hour. But giving God our praise. Singing to the radio. Singing in the shower. Wherever it is that you might be to give God the praise for his work in your life. When we do that, we see that not only is it our singing, our words, but our lives can be a part of worship. Cindy wrote in, in the um, Merge um, on Wednesday nights, the program for the fourth and fifth graders, is doing a wonderful thing this fall. She's having various people within our church come and share with these fourth and fifth graders how their work incorporates their worship. How does their job, the stuff they do on Monday through Friday, get a paycheck for, how does that incorporate with their relationship with Jesus Christ? And what does that look like? Excited to hear the people that are going to come and share their testimonies. And if you have some person or some way that you might want to share how God, um, how you use your work to worship, um, talk to me or Cindy. We'd love to have you have the opportunity to share with those young people um, what God's doing in your life. Fellowship, another important part of our growing as followers of Christ. Fellowship is, uh, looks a lot, looks different for different people. There are things like Bible study. For middle school and high school students, we have A&O on Wednesday night, a great time of being with other followers of Christ. Some are involved in triads, small groups, or Sunday school. This fellowship is just a time to be with other believers. Some of it's study. Some of it's just sharing life and what is going on. Those people that were able to say, you know, I read this in Scripture. This is happening in my life, and it's tough. How do I deal with it? Not necessarily always fixing those problems, just journeying together through life. So another part of our growth as we um, seek to, to grow in Christ is accountability. Accountability is one of those things that's, so for a lot of us, I think is tough to do. Because we have this exterior that we've got it all together. That we love Jesus, that everything's fine, and we have no problems. But for a lot of us, we have those challenges, those, those things that we'd rather not put up on our Facebook page or other places where people are going to see. For us, um, comparing to the trees, these are those bugs that come in and are eating at us. And a lot of times we don't know, um, we don't recognize them, but we just want to kind of put them away. Um, this summer, or one of the, the great things about us moving to Amarillo, there's so many blessings that God has given to us of being here in Amarillo for um, just over a year, is um, the pool that we bought, I mean the house that we bought, has a pool. And um, I grew up with a pool and thought, do I want one? And my wife said yes. My kids said yes. So I lost. Um, so we have a, a house with a wonderful pool and a learning a little bit of chemistry, how to keep the water clean. But this, um, a, a couple weeks ago, I was gone for a little bit over um, a week and a half and the pool kind of sat and it didn't get maintenance like it should. 
And if you've owned a pool or know enough about chemistry, with a hot sun, not the right chemicals, it turned green. Not, not super green, but you know, there was algae that was growing around. So I, I did what I thought was the right thing. I threw more, a little bit more chlorine at it, threw some, um, some acids, some other phosphates, and other words I don't understand. But I, I threw them in there and wished I would have listened better in high school chemistry and um, brushed the sides and would run the pump, clean it, and nothing changed. I did this for about a week of thinking, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. So finally, I did what I was regretting doing. I don't know why, but I regretted it. I took that water sample to the pool store and said, I don't know what to do. I had to get an outsider's opinion to say, what's wrong with the water in my pool? He gave me this algicide, and it's looking better already. But, you know, how many times in our lives do we have that? We have some green, some fungus, some, something funky going on in our life with God, or just our life, and we're wondering, oh, I can fix it. I can pray harder. I can read the Bible more. I can go to church more. I can do this, and I'm going to fix it. And we realize that it's still there. It's still growing, and we can't fix it on our own. And that's when we need accountability. Someone who's going to notice, hey, your pool is turning green. Hey, things aren't quite right in your life. You need some help. Not someone who's going to, you know, do it and point it out and say, ha-ha, I knew you'd mess up, but someone to say, hey, I'm here to help you. What does that accountability look like in your life? Someone who's able to be honest. Someone who's able to tell you, really, what's going on in your life. So if you look at the fruit in your Christian life, are you ready to produce that fruit? Are you, um, are you involved in a personal devotion? Are you growing in that way? Are you growing in your worship? Are you growing in your fellowship, your time with other believers? And are you accountable with at least one other person that's going to see what's going on in your life? A lot of times, um, if, if those things are happening, we see fruits. And we see it in Scripture, the fruits of the Spirit, uh, of those, those things that, that show what we're producing. We see them exhibited in the lives of the young people that we've heard this morning, from mission trips, from ways that they're able to, to, um, to, to turn towards Christ. Hearing Kate share about the mentor that was able to walk with her and help her and as she um, understands and grows and knows who it is to, what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ is a great testimony of accountability and working together. I'm excited to be a part of this church, excited of the great history, excited what God has ahead of us, but know that we've got to do a little bit better job of getting together in the different groups in this church. Um, God has brought us together for an important reason. And I truly believe that. And one of the things that you've probably heard me say more than once is um, sticky faith is an important part of what we're trying to weave into the fabric of First Presbyterian Church. Sticky faith is not just that we have a lot of different generations of people that are here, but really that people of different generations are, um, are walking together, are sharing life together, are experiencing what it means to be a middle schooler and struggling with, with faith but then also what it means to be a retiree who remembers what it was like to struggle with faith several years ago. One of the neat things that we've been able to, to bring together that starting this, um, this Sunday has been going on a little bit of a trial basis this Sunday, I mean this summer, is the way that we've structured um, Sunday school at the A&O house. And a lot of times um, we just have a big group and do a big teaching and realize that a lot of the students weren't really engaged in what's going on there. So we've um, moved things around a little bit physically and time, and um, real briefly is that we do, um, each of the groups meet at tables, tables with about five or six students and one table leader. 
And we're looking for table leaders. And not people that are going to teach the whole class or going to, you know, um, go and have coffee every Tuesday with middle schoolers, although that'd be great if you want to do that. Um, but people that are just willing to sit at Sunday school and, and listen and share the lives of these kids. There's going to be a teacher who each week is going to share a brief lesson about 10 minutes. And then a lot of the teaching, a lot of the sharing of life is going on at those tables. You're going to get to know those kids there. Get to know what it is that makes them doubt God. Get to know what it is that helps them to reinforce their faith in Jesus Christ. And also for you, as you feel appropriate, to have that opportunity to share a little bit about how Christ has worked in your life, how he's been a part of your life. And we believe and have seen results where this intergenerational mixing together is an important thing. We thought about sending the middle school and high school kids over here, but thought um, that might be a little bit overwhelming for some of the Sunday school classes and for some of the kids. So we invite um, you to come be a part of that. If you want to just come and see what's going on, talk to me. Just come over there. Dick Doyle is one of our great leaders, Wanda Wittenberg. Others that are over there would love to, um, to kind of guide you along in serving with those kids over there. There's some great kids there. That is um, part of who we are. Part of who we are is the body of Christ, the many generations sharing together how we grow. Also recognizing there are areas that we always need to look at how we're growing. How can we improve the way that we are being fed by Christ? Are there areas where we're missing out? Areas where we need that accountability? Areas where worship is just showing up, but not really part of our lives? So I hope and pray that as you think about this, think about your lives and how you're growing, the fruit that you're producing, where are those areas where you need to change? But also look at where are those areas where you can give? Because that's part of the fruit that we produce, is to share and give that with others. And the power of Jesus Christ lets us do that. Would you pray with me, please? Dear God, we do thank you for this morning, for the opportunity to share with, um, with, with others and just this body of Christ, what you're doing in the lives of our young people, what you're doing in the lives of, of people that go on mission trips, and, and just that you would help us, Lord, to be a body that's united. United, not that we all like the same kind of music, not that we all um, you know, have the same schedules, but we are united that you are our Lord and Savior. And we want to share that good news with the world. We want to help to strengthen each other as we grow and understand and know you more. We thank you, Lord, that you are here with us now, and that as we go from this place, you are with us also. We ask this all in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah.